they flattened themselves against the dirt, head to toe like a line of ants moving forward in the darkness, out of the mud-walled village towards the poppy field. There were twelve in the leader, levering themselves forward on their elbows, four of them not yet out of their teens. Isamuddin's face was still completely smooth, without even the beginnings of a moustache. All were full of hope for the better life awaiting them. Every day for two months they had trained undercover, behind walls and under improvised awnings, building their strength, assembling the devices, memorizing the layout of the infidel base, the size of a city, from a map scratched onto the wall of the room that had been their living quarters. As he pulled himself forward, Isamuddin risked a glance behind him at his brother. But Einadine wasn't looking. His eyes were tight shut, tiny points of light betraying the presence of his tears. Only his lips moved in silent recitation. Issa tried to send him a thought message. Do not worry, little brother. You and I will soon be in glory. But all Ina heard was the verses he repeated over and over to jam all his other thoughts, of doubt and paralyzing fear. Issa looked up into the starless night, a vast cavern that guarded their ultimate destination. His heart thumped at the thought of what awaited them after they had done their duty. The poppy was their last cover. Once through that they would be out in the open, with only half a kilometre of dirt before the perimeter. The orange glow of the floodlights was already visible beyond the foliage. He heard a sharp hiss a few feet ahead from the leader, invisible in the darkness, who seemed to have eyes that glowed in the dark. Issa dropped his head so his nose scraped the dirt as he had been told, and kept on moving towards the poppy, where they would switch to a crouching run, guarded by the tall stalks, quickening their pace towards the target. The base had been there barely four years. It had taken shape with astounding speed, an instant fortress city of concrete, metal and wire on a previously barren plain. So many thousands lived behind its walls that the sewage runoff had given life to the desert and fields of poppy had sprung up. Before, the invaders had destroyed the crop, eradicating the extra source of income, but all that had done was antagonise the population. They look strong with all their machines and missiles, but as you will see, they are weak, the leader had explained. They have grown too sure of themselves, and because of that, they are lazy, and on their useless diet of junk they have become fat and slow, while we have speed and patience, which is why we will prevail. The leader had many such explanations for why victory was assured, the last reason he had said was, They do not give their lives as you have chosen to. For this reason, we will prevail. Issa didn't remember choosing. He remembered the leader appearing one night on a grey mare and telling his father that the boys of the village had been chosen to serve the Almighty and that he should celebrate his good fortune. When his father had stood there, dumbstruck, the leader had swung the AK-47 into his face and knocked him to the ground. Before he could rise, the leader had pushed the barrel of the gun into his mouth. Only Mother's dramatic display of gratitude had stopped him pulling the trigger. Inches in front of his face, Issa could just make out the heels of Kane, his cousin, the hard, callous shells of skin built up over years of going barefoot, the loose legs of the oversized Afghan National Army uniform flapping around his ankles and on his back, 
the dark mound of his pack stuffed with the devices they had prepared. Carne had got the message. This is the greatest day of our lives, he had exclaimed, his eyes wild. Until this night we have been peasants of no value. Tomorrow we shall be princes, honoured by our family forever. The stolen uniforms were strange. Issa had never worn new clothes before. The stiff fabric between his legs chafed. They had forgotten the boots, which had felt like metal cases round their feet, once they knew that the A&A themselves often went without, preferring sandals or bare feet. Four hours earlier, they had stood in front of a video camera, while the leader recited his speech to the world in English. I give this message to the infidel crusaders. We will burn you and your weapons.